It's the Craigie Rugby Podcast. It's the midweek edition prior to the Munster home match on the line tonight. I've got Dave Finn. Good evening, everyone. And William Davis. Good evening, Alan. Good evening, Dave. Okay. We'll go straight to the press conference as usual. William, who did we have today? Uh, we had uh, Tom Daly and Andy Friend. That was a great performance and win on Saturday evening. A couple of close calls. I mean, the Racing game, then you had Ulster and Galway. What clicked specifically, do you think, on Saturday that allowed you to get that 80-minute performance in? Uh, you said it right there, yeah. I think um, it was a massive win for us, yeah, and a much-needed win as well after those three defeats um, previously. But uh, what clicked for us? I think everything clicked for us, really. I think we had a really, really good team performance. I think from 1 to 23, everyone had a, had a really good game. Uh, I think maybe one thing we did a little bit better this week was stick to the game plan that we had planned to plan throughout the week, which was um, play in the right areas. We'll save fuel for our pack, and then when we get into them into their half, we'll start playing on top of them, and um, we'll go to work then. Um, and I think Jack and Blady did that really well for us. Um, our kick chase was really good, and I think we just smothered Leinster really, and did kind of try to play out with our own half a few times maybe, and we forced little errors, which were big wins for us. And I think yeah, we just really stuck to the game plan, and it and it really standed to us. And it was yeah, as you said, a really good win. I know coming from a Leinster background yourself is there a situation where you you want to sort of maybe prove a point a little bit to them when you're playing for another team and is it sometimes tricky can you overplay on that occasion and on this occasion with you did you actually turn that into a real positive for your performance um listen I'd be lying if I said I didn't want to have a good game against my old club but uh I just, I throughout the week, I just treated it as any other game. Like I want, Connacht really needed this win. Um, we had lost three big games, like the two Champions Cups games, where we ran racing close. We were disappointed with how we went against Bristol, and then like really, really disappointed with that Ulster game. So uh, it was just like a, a focus throughout the week that like probably a lot of people didn't give us a chance there um, to go to Leinster and get a win. So, um, but I think Jack said it in the media after the game that there, we had a few like. Disjoint, we had a bit of a disjointed week. We had a few um, injuries, a few lads pulling out with whatever reasons. And um, he just kind of said before we had a meeting in the hotel before the game, and Jack just said that like he felt something special coming that night. And uh, yeah, we just I think we just all just put in a massive performance. And as I said before, yeah, great win. No, you need another one on on Saturday evening. Monster coming. It doesn't get any easier. Uh, they're going to be smarting after a defeat in Belfast. They might be a bit stronger in terms of personnel. So you've, how do you keep the same level of performance now? Connacht have been here before sometimes. They get a big win and then it falls off a little bit and you, you can't afford any fall off against Munster. Yeah, that was said at the start of this week as well. It's, we kind of said, like, listen, it was a great win against Leinster and, but it actually means nothing if we can't back it up again this week in the sports ground against Munster. Um, we were embarrassed here a few weeks ago by Ulster and... Um, I think I think that win against Leinster has brought a really good buzz into the place, and like uh, training is real good today. So yeah, it doesn't get a lot easier. Munster are looking pretty good this year, and they'll obviously be they'll obviously be all guns blazing after losing this week or last week up in Ulster. So um, it's a massive challenge, and I've played Munster a few times on a, since I've been here, and I don't think I've won one yet. So um, it's obviously a massive challenge. But if we can get the win this week, it obviously puts us in a real good place because. Um, Munster still have to play Leinster and a few other big teams, so um, it could put us in a real, real chance of getting into that final. 
Tom, your your try was, as William says, a great try and great for you personally, but it was an interception try and Jack's was an interception try. Alex has got a couple of interception tries this year. Um, I think that's the mo- I've, uh, that's as many in one season as possibly has been there in the previous five or six. Is that down to you guys in the moment seeing an opportunity or is it something that you've worked on with Pete in terms of the line speed and it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful lucky benefit for the individual and for the team? Uh, I think it's a bit of both. Like our defensive system is is uh, an aggressive defense system with a lot of line speed, and that's what we that's what we try to try to implement in games. But uh, it's probably a little bit different off first phase um, to get in it. Like Jack's one, yeah, Jax was a really good read. He said like he, he saw probably saw Ross Maloney at nine and saw one player outside, and we probably knew where the pass was going to go. So he he read that pretty well. Um, but yeah, our, our defense system would be an aggressive defense system at line speed, and then obviously you're not going to get intercepts every time. So it is a bit of a individual read as well. Um, with my one, I just saw Leinster had two forwards out in the midfield, and I knew they were going to. I probably guessed they were going to use them to crash it up. So I kind of tried to get up early enough so that so that I could defend the man and defend the ball. And um, I just saw the pass go and it went right in front of my face. So I just took my hand out and grabbed it and ran for the line. And luckily, I, luckily, I made it over. Was that the best performance, 80-minute performance that Connacht have given uh, in your time there, irrespective of the win? Um, yeah, I mean, it is hard to quantify that sometimes, but it's certainly a very impressive one. Uh, I just thought from from the opening whistle and, and all the way to the death that they didn't stop. Um, so it was very impressive. Was it the best? Um, yeah, I'd probably have to say it's, it's, it's certainly right up there, mate. Yeah, Tom's just alluded to the fact that maybe they stuck with the game plan right through and it was pretty obvious after the Ulster game that you weren't happy that they had stuck to the game plan right through. So was that the main message before Leinster? This is the plan and we have to play it. We had a couple of key messages before the game. The first one was, whatever you do, be very decisive in what it is you're doing. Um, don't second guess yourself. Second one was trust our systems. And the third one was trust the game plan. And uh, I also, Quinn, Quinn Rue was our captain on the night. And, and I thought just the way he, he spoke to the players um, after our, our game prep, our captain's run on the Friday, how he talked to the players um, uh, in the hotel at Herbert Park before we got a, went across to, to the RDS and then what he spoke to them about it uh, before the game and, and at half time was really powerful and uh, you know it certainly listening to the players post game they got a lot of belief out of that and they got a lot of energy out of, out of the way Quinn spoke so there's a combination of things there William but uh, to answer your first question again it was yeah, it was a, it was an impressive performance is that a role that uh, it's maybe taken him a little bit of time to get into, but he now does seem to be a talisman player and obviously has a lot of respect within the organisation. He does. Um, yeah, and, and it's one of the things we've been trying to build is, is our, our leadership group. Um, you will have seen, you know, Jared's been our captain, um, but we've also had Caelan Blade as a captain. We've had Dave Heffernan as a captain, we've had Quinn Rue as a captain, we've had Paul Boyle as a captain, and they all bring something slightly different. Owen Marston stepped in there on occasions too, and, and all of those blokes are in our leadership group. 
um, and and they all have a slightly different way of doing it. And it's just trying to get a blend of of the best bits of their their respective leadership qualities and and using them at a time. So um, Quinn certainly the way he speaks, uh, it's a I demand this from you and I want you to deliver for me. Whereas some of our other other leaders are follow me, watch what I do and, and, and see if you can emulate that. Um, but on that night, uh, certainly the way Quinn spoke to the group, it, it struck a chord and we got a response. At the end of the game, he talked to the players uh, about the monster game, as in this will mean nothing if we don't follow this up. Connacht have been here before. They've put in the big performance how do you how do you galvanize that? How do you keep that momentum going? And who's more responsible for that? Is that the players or the coaches? I think it's a combination of both. Um, we've also got uh, Jack Burt Whistle with us. Uh, he joined the, he's joined the staff this year. He's a we call him our performance skills coach, but he works on that mental part of the game. And you know, my, my message to the players post the game was. You know, we own all of our actions. We own the way we front up. We, we own the energy that we bring. And uh, and on Saturday night, we bought a lot of it. Um, the previous Sunday night, you know, we, we could be we could be blamed for not bringing the energy that Ulster bought. So, and this is this is the this is the great um, mystery of pro sport or anything that you're doing. How do you continue to bring that energy and that level of of, of accuracy and excitement and 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 um, well, yeah, energy really. How do you bring that on a on a daily, weekly basis that it's always there? So it's something we're working on, William. And and uh, but there's a collective responsibility for that. Yeah, I think we need to provide the right platform for it, but at the same time, and the right education. You know, I talk about body, craft, and mind. Um, we work on the body, we work on the craft. As of this year, we've been working on the mind in terms of how we build that resilience and that that um, that awareness and that strength. And then, and then it's up to the players to, to bring it. So it is a collective, but it's something that's certainly in the forefront of our minds and something we're working very hard on. Munster will bring a different challenge, um, probably smarting after their defeat in Belfast. What are you expecting from them? And another thing you said after the Leinster game, we're going to continue playing the same way, irrespective of the conditions. How, how dangerous a tactic is that if we get a, a full-on sports ground evening on Saturday? Yeah, it'd be foolish to keep trying to play like that. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I'll probably preface that by saying if our ambition to play like that is never going to change. Um, and where we've got ourselves caught and got ourselves, you know, we've, we've been undone before at our doing is we've continued to try and play like that when the conditions haven't allowed it. So... I'll take that back, if you like, William, and say we'll, we'll hold that ambition to do it, um, but we'll also use our rugby smarts and say we're not going to try and play against the opposition and the conditions because we'll lose that game. Andy, quick question regarding Alex Wooten. Is there any issues regarding him playing against Munster as he's on loan from them? No, none at all, Dave. He's, uh, he's, he's available to play and he's keen to play. That's excellent. And just, uh, actually, I'll give Murray the credit here. I hadn't noticed it until I read his article today. There seem to be, you seem to target specific areas of Leinster um, over the course of the week from the Ulster game. And obviously, the, the lessons that you learned from what went wrong against Ulster. I'm just, look, I'm just wondering, looking ahead to Munster, how important is the, analyt- and the analytics team to all of this? The guys who actually break down, the highlight the faults within, within Connick's play and 
areas that you can exploit with uh, in in other teams because we talked a lot about uh, about the coaches, but the analytics team has to do the the, the hard and you know the hard work of breaking down exactly what each individual player's role. Yeah, um, listen, everyone plays their part without a doubt. Um, our analytics team probably spend about ninety percent of their time on us and what's actually working for us. So we have. Uh, a few metrics that we put out there for the players and, and the players, most of them anyway, not everyone um, gets off on that sort of stuff, but most of them get off on the fact that they want to see how they're going, uh, career best efforts, we call them, and, and what's what's working for them. And if it's not working, what they can be doing differently. So um, they certainly have input into the opposition and they give us some really key metrics on that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a collective there, Dave. The, the, the game plan itself we will we will observe the metrics, but but most of it comes from pretty thorough analysis on what they're doing and opposition are doing in both an attack and defence and set piece and how we think we can exploit that. So um, yeah, it's it's a combination of the analytical team as well as the uh, as well as the coaching staff. Okay, guys, I was pretty excited after the commentary on that match at the weekend, uh, the Leinster game, and um, there's still a lot of buzz going around. There was a huge amount of people on that press conference today. We don't normally have that. <laughs> so, William, what, what are your thoughts now? You've had to, you've had a few days to think about it. Um, it was a very good win. It was a very important win. Uh, it was badly needed. I didn't think it was going to happen. I accepted that Leinster weren't. Uh, at probably the strength they would want to be for an interprovincial game. But Connacht played them off the park most of the time, dealt with everything they threw at them. Uh, Leinster had, uh, looking at the stats, quite a lot of uh, possession and position by the time the game finished. But they weren't clinical, and Connacht were. They they took their chances. Um, two intercept tries, there's always... You know, there's a little bit of luck in those, but there's also a little bit of planning. It's good observational skills as to see who's in front of you. Mm. And they, they, I think the key thing from what uh, Tom Daly said and Andy Friend, they stuck to their game plan rigidly. They didn't half do it or three quarters do it. I think that was the, the story from the Ulster game was that they didn't stick to it when they had to. They, 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 they didn't so much lose faith in it. I think it just dr- it drifted away from them. In this game, they stuck at it. They're kicking. They kicked for uh, over 500 metres. They, they wanted to play the game in Leinster's half of the field. It was a dry night. It was a windless night. It made kicking easy, and Jack Carty ran the game. And the key, and they've accepted the key now, is let's, we've got to move this on. We've got to, we've got to repeat this. Absolutely, Dave. Your your thoughts on on what was, as you, as William just said, a much needed victory because it makes up now for the the, the home loss to Ulster. Um, yeah, it, it, I finally got to to watch the whole game. Um, thanks to thanks to you, actually. Um, <laughs> looking back on it now, I think that we played really well, and I'm kind of fed up with the excuses that have been made for Leinster. Because we would, we didn't make those excuses last year when we got when we were forty nil down at halftime, mm-hmm. and there's been excuse after excuse made for Leinster. They had injuries. They had some new players in. Um, no, they weren't allowed to play, and that's what Connacht have to do. They allowed Ulster to play in the second half and allowed them to play very very well. They allowed 
um, Bristol at times to play very, very well. Um, they know they decided, I don't know, was it a collective? Was it conscious or subconscious that they weren't going to allow Leinster to play irrespective? And that was a decision made before they knew who was going to be in the Leinster jerseys. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the, and I think William is right. There's no point not allowing Leinster to play well if then this weekend we allow Munster to play well. And I think if you allow Munster to play well, and we've seen how they're developed under Steve Larkham, they're not just um, old traditional 10-man rugby give to the 10 and kick. They've got much more to themselves than that. They will be smarting after last week because, as we showed, as Ulster, who themselves weren't brilliant, but they definitely didn't allow Munster to play. And I think that's going to be... That's what Connacht have to do. They have to set that, that and I think Andy did say it at, at some point, that that's the template. That's the minimum level that Connacht have to do. If they don't allow teams to play well, then Connacht can, then these upsets no longer become upsets. They become what Connacht do. But if they allow teams to play well, it can get really, really messy. And I think it's intensity. It's the level of tackling. There were tackles made that were just insane. That's the level of intensity that has to be brought. And if that drops against Munster, and we've seen it drop against Munster, it doesn't have to drop by an awful lot. They can run over the top of us because they were in good form up until last week and they will be very sore about what happened in, in Belfast. So coming from today's press conference, any more injuries? Um, yeah, there's a few There's a few, a few more injury concerns, I think. Bundyaki has a knee injury and hasn't trained. And Gavin Thornbury has a shoulder injury. Now that's being assessed um i think the training issue is very simple if you don't train you don't start that that's that doesn't mean you can't go on the bench mm. so there's there's a couple there um uh, i think it's likely you're going to see the likes of dave heffern and finley Beelham. they were on ireland minutes rest so okay. they're coming back there will be people from the covid situation last week who will continue to be unavailable and because that we don't fully know who that is we won't really know who who's going to be around this team until uh, the team is announced on friday uh but i suspect they wouldn't have been making many changes anyway why 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 would you change why would you when you put in a performance like that and to be blunt bristol the following week after that is probably a dead rubber game the key game now is this one yeah and tom daly spoke about Sammy Arnold and, the, and Tom Daly admitted, and I thought fair play to him, he could have said it didn't matter. It did matter to him. He wanted to show Leinster. Mm-hmm. And I suspect Sam Arnold uh, will want to show Munster. Uh, and that's just the game. And that's why these interprovincials are slightly different. These these guys know each other. They've played with each other at underage level. And yeah, there's bragging rights around without being over the top about it. Connacht didn't go mad after that game. Uh, they sang a song in the dressing room and they were happy and delighted. But yeah, it's 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 the subtlety of that. So I, I it'll be fascinating to see who they do pick. Uh, I suspect training this week will be pretty harsh, pretty hard. There'll be guys wanting to get into that team saying, come on, it's my, I want my go now. So that that's a good position to be in. It certainly is. OK, let's take a quick break. We would like to thank all our patrons for their support in helping keeping the podcast going. If you would like to help ensure that we can keep providing the most comprehensive coverage of Connacht Rugby, 
you can do so by logging on to patreon.com slash craggyrugby and for less than the price of a cup or a pint a month hit the join button you can also spread the word about our podcast to anyone with even the faintest interest in connacht rugby and asking them to have a listen you can let us know what you think of our coverage by contacting us on our twitter handle at craggyrugbypod or by sending an email to craggyrugby at gmail.com you can go to craggyrugby.com to listen to our back catalogue of over 300 episodes that cover the last five plus seasons of the highs and lows of not only the Connacht men's professional team and the Eagles but also the exploits of the Connacht women's team in the Interpros remember you can listen to us on your favourite podcast player by asking Alexa or Siri to play a Craggy Rugby podcast or you can now even get us on YouTube just search for Craggy Rugby before we preview Munster, there's um, something we didn't talk about last week. We were hoping to get Morgan on this week, but um, with the changes that are happening now again, with, with the Lions tour look, looking as though it's up in the air, could it have a big impact in this proposed Rainbow Cup? William, before we bring Dave in, your thoughts? Um, I'm staggered by this uh, thought process. I was shocked to start with that it was announced on December the 23rd. Mm. Uh, which really did look as if it was being rushed out before Christmas. It got very little media attention because, funnily enough, on Christmas Eve, sport isn't a a uh, high-value product. We would be interested and our listeners would be interested, but the general public probably still haven't caught on to this. There's so many issues with this. We've got the COVID situation. It's getting worse. There's a lot of agility is going to be required to keep professional sport going. This competition is supposedly starting in April. Mm-hmm. Uh, it means that the Pro 14, as it stands, is going to be wrapped up uh, by the end of March. Uh, the two top teams, the, the top sides in Conference A, will play the top side in Conference B in the final. There's no semi-finals. I think they've disrespected their own competition by doing mm-hmm. this. I think they've disrespected the teams and I think they've disrespected the fans. At the very minimum, there should have been a set two semi-finals so that four teams have a chance to win this thing rather than two. And it's really hard to see how in April, suddenly teams are going to be able to travel from South Africa, uh, come up here to play, or we're going to be able to go down there and play. You, You can't just hire a 777 plane and put... 45 people on it you can but you'd need a very 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 deep pockets yeah it just doesn't add up i i'm frankly mind boggled the lions tour is another huge problem the whole point of the rainbow cup for the south african teams was to give them rugby to get ready for the lions tour yeah the chances of the lions tour taking place in south africa in july in my estimation are nil it doesn't work if the lions fans don't travel it's made a total mess of the end of this Pro 14. When you when you look at the tables, um, where, where you're at now, if you look at, at Conference A, Ulster, 10 wins out of 10, flying 46 points. They're now 10 points ahead of Leinster. That's a huge game on Friday, uh, Friday mm-hmm. night. That's a massive game because if Leinster lose that, essentially you think, well, Ulster are in the final. Yep. Everybody else in that, in that conference is gone. The Ospreys, Dragons, Glasgow and Zebra. So they're now going to play five minimum of five maximum of seven matches to get to 16 it's nothing to play for mm-hmm. conference base slightly different Munster 33 points on top Connacht on 25 that's why our game on Saturday evening huge you win that you're back in the game Scarlet's of 24 points 
Cardiff Blues, who along with Ulster, are the only team to have played all their games are on 18. So you're going to have a lot of games that have very little meaning. I know it's difficult for uh, organisations like Pro 14. I think they've done really well, but I'm disappointed the way this has been announced and put together. And I think it's opened up a can of worms for them, which is it's going to take some effort to get that competition off the ground in April. Yeah, yeah. And Dave, you've you've been to Wales recently um, and you've got your, you know, you, you were mentioning there off air about the, the the Cardiff situation like it's this, this as you say there's, there's some big issues with the Pro 14 really isn't there um, I think that, that there's two slightly separate issues going on the Rainbow Cup I'm not going to disagree with anything William said but I'm going to come at it from a slightly different angle as to why I thought it was a bad why it's a bad idea anyway mm-hmm. uh, in terms of what's happening in Wales there's a soul searching going on because the two games on Stevens's day weren't too bad in terms of both were very close games. The two games on New Year's Day were dreadful and there was a lot of ridiculously aimless kicking. I mean, um, we saw uh, in Wales they're having this mad debate about why is there so much kicking? Well, we kicking can work. Not all of Jack's kicks on on against Leinster were textbook, but they were with a purpose. And the kicking on um, in Wales seemed to be just a case of let's kick the ball away. So there's that issue going on. In terms of the, the Rainbow Cup, I think William summed up perfectly in terms of why practically it's a bad idea. Mm. But I think even in a, COVID, in a non-COVID situation, I'm not sure this is a good idea, this Rainbow Cup. Um, I think Jerry Thorny has a really interesting article today uh, in, on the Times website and he's basically, I think he's got it down to of the remaining games, he thinks only 16 will have anything rest if will have anything resting on them. Mm. Because very quickly it'll become clear that the two teams at the top will be gone. You know, it could it could still be between ourselves. You know, if the two games go to, to Munster and Ulster this weekend, that's it. Forget about it. That's your final sorted. Yeah. Then it comes a case of well, who's gonna take the six places for Europe? Well, two are gone. Leinster will almost certainly take one. And then effectively, you're looking at ourselves and Clinetley will take the two in our section, and then it's who takes the third one in the other section. You've got a competition, as William says, that's fatally been undermined. But as I say, even without that, I don't understand why the South Africans couldn't organise an internal competition. They've made such a big deal about the Curry Cup. For them, the Curry Cup is huge. Why didn't they move the Curry Cup forward into this period in April, play it then to mm. give their teams the games they've been worried about without the, the prospect of coming up north um, and, and all that that involves? You basically torpedo two competitions, the Curry Cup and this year's Pro 14, Pro, Pro 14 to fit in a competition which is primarily being used for, so that South Africans could possibly get game times to beat, you know, Against us, it doesn't solve. It doesn't do anything for any of the four. It certainly does. There's absolutely zero for the Italians because mm-hmm. their players aren't even going to be on any line store should it happen. Um, I'm very st- surprised and disappointed that it was signed off on because the other thing is that if there are no fans going to be at these games, nobody's going to watch them. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and and of course, the, then as Morgan would say are the four best teams coming up anyway because I think the Cheetahs have been doing relatively well in the in the Curry Cup so that's another that's another matter altogether so I, I think we can leave that one for a 
another couple of weeks. As I say, hopefully we'll get Morgan on the line at some stage in the next uh, couple of weeks when things might be a bit clearer. We don't know. Of course, COVID's having such a, a big impact. But yeah, what are your what are your thoughts about this weekend? For me, if Connacht don't win uh, last week, it's a waste of time. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say last week is a waste of time. I think every game has its merits. You, you, you play who's in front of you on a given night. I think Munster will be a different challenge. I think it's a huge challenge for Connacht. We, we beat Leinster on occasions and we beat Ulster reasonably regularly. If you look at not maybe always away games, but home games. Munster are a different uh, setup for us. We, we seem to struggle against them. But if they, if they can bring the intensity and the accuracy that they had on Saturday, then they are well capable of winning this game. But I still think it will be a massive challenge. I think Munster have a lot, really have a lot to play for. They, a win for them, as Dave says, nearly guarantees them a place in this final. They, Munster and Connor both played eight games mm. and you have to get to 16. So they're both going to have seven games to play after this one. But if Munster were 13 points clear, say, that would take some catching. Mm-hmm. We will also have to go to Munster. We're going to play all the teams in our conference, but we won't be going to Ulster and Leinster won't be coming here, as I understand it, when these other fixtures are announced. The two Irish interprovincials next weekend are huge because Leinster are now 10 points behind Ulster, but they have two games in hand. There, As Dave says, there is some games of interest, but there's going to be an awful lot of games that are meaning will mean absolutely nothing. And that's really disappointing. Yeah, so Dave, you're, what, are, what are you... Like, I'm, I'm looking at it, Connacht have only won 25% of their games against Munster since the Pro 14 started. We won't even go back further than that. But they've only won twice in this sort of Christmas period at home against Munster and, and haven't beaten them since 2017. Uh, do, do you? I know you're Mr. Optimistic and we should win every game, but are you seriously thinking we can win this game at the weekend? Are you actually asking me that question? I am asking you that question because I want you to back it up with, with you know, okay. the reasons Simply why. Both. I mean, I think our worst record um, up until last up until the last couple of years was Ulster away. That's been dealt with. Our worst record uh, away from home after that was Leinster. It's been dealt with. Mm-hmm. Our worst record at home is is you know is 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 twenty seventeen. That's not exactly huge. This is a new team. This is a new dynamic. Um, yes, the, I mean, as I say, it will come down to whether or not we allow them to play. I don't think this team is is setting out is going to allow them to play the way they want to play. I think it's going to be fascinating to see which teams are picked. I do think Ulster, will, I do think Munster will be stronger than they will send a stronger team. They made fourteen changes. I, you know, they may make fourteen back. It's hard to know. They're pretty much at full strength. Um, They've no injuries out of last weekend, which in some ways kind of kind of exposes how their their lack of intensity last week. I do think the Wooten and Arnold are going to be huge. I think they're going to want to have a point to prove. And I don't know what happened, but I've there was something that was said in passing today about what happened to Sam Arnold in, in Munster. There, we when he himself fronted up to the press conference, you got the impression that 
he has a point to prove. And that's the way I'll leave it. I think there's much more to that story that we don't know about and we may never become privileged to. But I think that Sam Arnold will be fired up this weekend. There's also other guys who want to have a point to prove. I mean, the 15 guys that started last week, if they're all fit, and there must be, there's a caveat over obviously Gavin Thornberry, but those guys will want to prove that actually they are the best 15 because the competition now for every place, I mean, if you consider that Dom Robinson McCoy is effectively third choice tight head, but there's no logical reason to drop him after what he did last weekend. Now, I know Finley was on Ireland minutes, I know Dave's on Ireland minutes, but you know, so but Shane Delahunt and Dominic have done nothing to deserve to be dropped, and that's what you want. So those guys will want to be professional pride about keeping being the number one for talent in your position. Mm. The only person you can absolutely say at the moment who's guaranteed two players who're guaranteed to start if they're number one last weekend. Absolutely set in stone, well, three. John Port to 15, Jack at 10, and Dennis at one. Everybody else is in a fight to hold on to their Connacht jersey. So that should fire them up. You've got mm. the Munster factor as well. You've got the local derby factor as well. And you've also got the fact that if you win this game, you're three points behind them. You're four points behind them. Let's, let's say four points. Three points would be optimistic. Then again, I thought we did. I actually had Lenson down for a 10-point win last weekend. So that's how... That, which for me is ultimate pessimism. Um, Certainly is. I had a bet on on Connacht last weekend because they were twelve to one. They're only at the moment Connacht well, at three I mean, to one. That 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 was most ridiculous. I mean, the, the, I I love when bookies get it that wrong. There was no reason on paper why the bookies were wrong before the game. And likewise, they're going to have monstrous favourites going into it as well. It's going to come down to attitude. If the attitude is wrong, if the attitude is ninety percent, it may not be enough to beat Munster. But I'm, I, get, I think we can win this game. There's an awful lot riding on it. Munster will be fired up. But I think this game is winnable, but it's not easily winnable. Interesting. Well, certainly, do as you say. As I said, the bookies have have Munster as firm favourites at this at the moment. Um, that's without the teams being picked. But just looking at the weather forecast, um, and it's looking like it might be uh, a cool night with very little wind and no chance of rain. So, could be the perfect night for Connacht, William. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Andy Friend has talked about this a fair bit, uh, but he did roll back very slightly <laughs> today. Uh, and fair, you know, uh, why not? He he said it when he was buzzing after the, the, the win against Leinster, but I think reality is when it's hard at the sports ground, you have to play the conditions. Mm-hmm. I hope on Saturday night that there's no wind there's no rain. It's a dry ball, and uh, let, let's let's get it on. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're looking at uh, looking at these two teams, and they are joint third with the most tries, averaging four tries a match. So we could have uh, we could have quite a, a shootout, which is not something we normally see with Munster, but it would be lovely to see it in the sports ground rather than some of the three 0 scores we've seen uh, in the past. So it would be nice to see something like that. Loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes Sad and confused Don't wait until 